us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to bless you and worship your holy name for tonight and for what you are about to teach us. We ask that your wisdom shall prevail. Your knowledge, O oh God, you will give us knowledge and understanding for success this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From the, I think the 15th of this month, we are beginning our 14-day fast. And I want to encourage every one of us to be part of the 14-day fast. We meet every evening for prayer. And I believe that God will bless you and your life will not be the same. Amen. How many of you will do the 14-day fast? How many of you? God has seen you. So make sure you do it. Eh? All of you must do the 14-day fast. It's going to help you grow spiritually and draw you closer to the Lord. Amen. But when we fast and we pray, we must get things done as well. We used to have a brother when we were growing up. We all used to admire his spirituality. The brother was always fasting and was always praying. We would always find him at the Achimota Forest. The day he would not go to Achimota Forest, we all had to leave the room for him. There were a group of young believers living in some small room somewhere. And Reverend Nelson's mother has given us one room. Reverend Nelson's room, we are all there. And this guy, anytime he doesn't go anywhere, we have to leave the room for him. Because he will pray the whole day. And you can see that the presence of God was upon him. But he never went for evangelism. You won't see him going for evangelism, but he wanted to start a church. Eventually, he failed because prayer is not a substitute for evangelism. You cannot pray that God grow the church and not go to evangelism. So, so prayer is not a substitute for so many things. For instance, you're going to do a 14-day fast to draw closer to the Lord, but it's not a substitute for you to strategize and, and grow your life this year. So I want to share something. I want to be doing a series throughout the whole week, the whole month. I'll be sure. Even when we start our 14-day fast, the Wednesdays I will teach you. So the Wednesday day I'll be here and will teach you this. So last year I shared the same thing at the beginning of the year. And this year I want to repeat it but to another dimension, a higher level of understanding. Okay? So the theme is don't wait. Start now. Five ways to begin a new year. Don't wait. Start now. Whatever you want to, you want to do this year, it is not time to observe the winds. It is not time to. It is time to start something now. And I believe that once you start, it's going to. I'm going to show you how to get things started. So Genesis one verse one says, "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." So, so God Himself began something in the beginning. God himself had to start something to get the results we are seeing today. All of us here, God had to start something to get all of us. So, I want you to begin something this year. I want you to begin, and I want to show you how you are going to do it. Now, the, the, like my tradition is, the word start is a five-letter acronym. It means season, it means time, it means attitude, it means relationship, and it means trust. And I'm going to share these things with you. Um, so let's start with the first one, S, which stands for season. Which stands for season. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 3. So today, we'll look at the first part, which is S, which stands for season. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 3. There is time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There is time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So, so this year, 2023, is a season. But you need to understand the season so that you know what to do in this season. Okay? 2023 is a season for all of us. So what kind of season is 2023? Now, I want to show you the three start seasons. The three start seasons. Number one is kickstart. Number two is restart. 
And number three is jumpstart. So some of us here, we are in our kickstart season. 2023 is a kickstart season. For some, it's a restart season. For some, it's a jumpstart season. In fact, for some, it's all the three. For some, you have to kickstart some things, you have to restart some things, and you have to jumpstart some things. But for some people, it is two. Some people have to kickstart and restart. Some people have to restart and jumpstart. Some people have to jumpstart and kickstart. So I'm going to explain these things to you. It will help you to begin something. Okay? It will help you to begin something. Don't just sit down and think that because you have fasted and you have prayed, things will just happen. You need to be able to make sure that you engage yourself in something. You are actively involved in something to make something happen. Okay. So now, let's start with the first one. The kickstart season. Some people are here. To kickstart something means to make something start to happen. For some of us, we are starting something fresh. We are beginning something fresh this year. We are not jump-stopping some things. We are not restarting some things. But we are going to begin something fresh this year. And that, that you don't have to be worried that after 25 years of living, 30 years of living, you are now starting something. You see, you have already wasted time. So don't worry to add to time wasting. Worrying and complaining as to start wasting. Don't say at my age, at my age, I'm not going to start this. <laughs> you, 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 see, you see, so some of us, we want, we want a short, some shortcut to things. At my age, am I not going to start a business? Am I not going to start this? Some of you also think that, oh, I'm too young to start something. Let me just wait. Let me just wait. But you see, let me share something with you. Genesis 1 verse 1 again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hear this. Why you never begin, you can never create. Everything you see today that has been created, that you enjoy from, where you work, somebody one day sat down and said, I want to start a business. That's why the business was created. Are you here? That's why you have gotten a job to do. It, it, it didn't happen just by somebody just decided that there is the beginning for everything, so I'm going to get this done. And the person got something done. Today, you are benefiting from it. Here are... I'm going to teach you how to make things happen. How to make things happen. How to start things. So number one is devotion. 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 Now, now hear this. Uh, can you move this thing? Where the scripture is? But I say, call on me and I'll answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The other verse will say that I'll show you great and mighty things. So, the first way to make things happen is devotion, prayer life. Prayer life. This year, Commit yourself into prayer. And God will show you great and mighty things. Okay? Commit yourself into prayer. And God will show you great and mighty things. That's why I have declared 14 days of fasting and prayer. And during the course of this fasting and prayer, you are talking to the Lord and you are saying to him, Lord, show me great and mighty things this year. The closer you are to him in prayer, the more he will communicate to you. I am yet to see a man of prayer that God has not shown great and mighty things to. When you pray, God will give you revelations. God will show you what to do. Okay, God will show you what to do. In the last few days, I've been doing some serious prayers. And God has been telling me a lot of things. And I've been writing them down. And I believe that this year, I will do great and mighty things. Because I am praying better. 
You, are you here? I have, I've, I've increased my prayer time. Because I want to do great and mighty things. And I want God to speak to me. And if you decide to spend time in prayer, God will speak to you. Now, the next stage, after you have prayed, is that now God will give you visions of what he wants you to do. It's called dreams. You begin to see it. You begin to imagine it. It begins to come into your mind. And you begin to imagine it. I can start a company. I can, I can buy a taxi and start Uber. I can, I can go and learn driving and drive for someone and do driving. Uh, how do you call it? Work and pay. And do work and pay. And I'll give myself two years. That in two years I will own, I will have my own car. And after, after by three years I will have two cars. And by the fourth year I will have four cars. And by the tenth year I should have a transport company. See, God will show you that. So you pray, you pray, and God will give you a dream of what to do this year. God will say, start some right selling business at where you are. And then God will show you where that right business can take you. You eventually have a restaurant. As you pray, God will show you something. But God will not show you 419. God will not show you. I'm telling you, God will not show you fraud. God will not give you the intelligence to defraud someone. God will not show you how to steal from someone. But God, God will show you how hard works pay. You be praying, you just be praying. So, so like how I got the Accra Business School president who God has used to open a lot of doors for me globally. You saw me interviewing General Petros. This, this from October, from February this year, I'm going to interview a lot of people like the former first minister of Ireland. You know, because, because they, have, they have the United Kingdom, the other countries that are part of the United Kingdom, like, like Northern Ireland, they don't have prime ministers, they have first ministers. So the first minister is like the president of the country. I'm going to interview her this month, this, this year. They are very powerful people. The leader of the Unionist Party in Ireland, I'm going to interview him on my new program called Lichtenary. A lot of doors. But do you know how I came across this man who is linking the university and making us very global? We, we are going global. Big people around the world are hearing from us. I was praying one day. I was praying, Lord, I need you to show me great and mighty things about this school that I've started. Show me great and mighty things. We want to have global influence. I want to win souls through this school. Lord, show me. Then the Lord reminded me, do you remember you met this old professor at a coffee shop in the UK to transact a partnership business and you know where? I said, yes, Lord. The Lord said, I brought that man for such a time as this. The Lord said, contact him. So I went into my old email and started looking at. See, I couldn't. So I remembered his organization's name. Typed something in my email address, in my search bar of my email. And then his name came out. I didn't even believe he was still using that email address. Then I sent him a mail. And I said, my name is this so and so and so. We met at this coffee shop and had coffee together. If you remember, um, we are growing, we are expanding, and I'm looking for a new president who is a Christian who can help us gain global recognition. Guess what? He responded in less than, less than 30 minutes and said, I am a Christian. And not just a Christian, but a born-again Christian. And I just retired from a big Malaysian university. And I'm back in the UK, and I'm looking for opportunity like this to help a young, growing Christian um, um, university in Africa. And I will take the job. In less than one month, I have given him the job. I have gotten a white professor at the Prince of Accra Business School. Because I prayed. And God showed me great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. So this year, 
Begin. Some of you will have to start something new. But begin with devotion. Pray. Every day. Pray in the morning. Pray in the evening. When you wake up, pray in your room before you step out. Talk to God. Ask God to show you great and mighty things. Ask God to forgive you your sins. Ask God you want to draw closer to Him. And then in the evening before you sleep, say, Lord, visit me in my dreams. And then pray. If you don't speak in tongues, talk to Pastor Constant and Pastor Sammy to do Holy Ghost baptism for you. Because when you speak in tongues, eh, the Spirit says things that you don't know of. And the Spirit talks to God on your behalf. Sometimes you are confused, don't even know what to ask God for. When you speak in tongues, the Spirit of God in you knows what you are looking for and knows the will of God for your life. So the Spirit of God in you will help you communicate with God. Okay? And then, and then, when God is now showing you the things, now you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. You have to be bold. Like I said, so the man wrote to me and said, well, I'm ready. Now I have to make a decision. How to decide when I'm going to sign his appointment. How much does he want? How much can I pay him? Or within one month, within one month, I have employed him. Everything was set. He started. You see, when you, when you pray, and God shows you the great and mighty things, and you know it is from God, you are bold in your decision making. You know that whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So you make bold decisions and you take bold decisions and you move on and to work for you. So apply this principle I'm teaching you because this year you are going to kickstart something that will change your life and change the life of your family. Are you here with me? Something that will change your life and you have to be bold about it. And then after that, design. So I have devotion, dream, decision, design. Now sit down and plan. Don't go about saying that God will do it, God will do it. Now sit down and plan. Where do I want to go? Where am I? Towards where I want to go. Put everything on paper. Don't say all your ideas are in your mind. Put them on paper. And start giving yourself how you want this to, who do you need? Where do you have to go? Who do you have to talk to? Start planning. Because once you start writing things down and you start prioritizing them, you will do something about it. But if it's your mind, it begins to fade. It begins to fade away. Now one time you want to sit down, now you want to write. You realize that everything is gone. So all your smartphone that you are using to take unnecessary pictures, delete all those pictures. I told you, delete some of the apps, some of the unnecessary things on your app, and start writing your ideas down. Start writing your plan down. Start writing the things that you want, you want God to use you to do. Last night before we said, mommy showed me the things she has written down. And how he helps her. I don't want you to end this year and saying that God will do this next year. Next year, next year is too much. This year, it must happen. Okay? This year, it must happen. And start something. And be serious about it. Start something. Be serious about it. You can't be a teacher of first child and not be successful. You can't be under this anointing and this unction and be jobless. And you are doing nothing. And you are sitting down there. All you want to do is to marry a young girl, a young girl of 26, 27, even 30, you are still young. Then you have stopped everything. I want to marry. I want to marry. I want to marry. You don't. You don't have anything. You don't. You can't. You don't. You don't even have cooking utensils. What are you going to marry for? You don't have anything. So you see, you don't even cook. You don't have copot. Yeah, you don't have copot. You don't have. You don't even have charcoal. Yeah, you don't have anything. So, so you don't cook. In the morning, Hausa Koko. In the afternoon, some Banku somewhere from Davi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the evening, some watches somewhere. So you are not doing anything. And yet, you said, oh, 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 I want to marry, I want to marry. Start something now. Let the trade start something. God will take care of the rest. Use these principles I'm teaching you here. And then the next one is dedication. Now, be committed. Why you are not devoted to, you cannot develop. So be committed to whatever God is showing you. 
Be committed to it. It's not time to be lazy at all. It's not time to be lying down in bed. It is not time to be watching TV and TV and TV when you are not doing anything. You go everywhere. People have TVs. People are living in kiosks with two TVs. Their TV is on. Their radio is on. And they are on the phone. You amount to nothing. You won't achieve anything. You won't get anywhere. When you go to university halls and you see people with TVs in their rooms, you ask them for their grades and you will see. They are all bumping. They have this telenovelas that they can't miss. Even when lectures are going on, they have to go and watch it. Some people are not in church today because they are addicted to telenovelas. They are addicted to football. They are addicted to things. They come, they are addicted to TV. When you see them, they are sitting by TV. Whilst I'm teaching here, they are sitting down by TV, gorging themselves over Bangu and watching. Well, you, have to, you have to work hard. You have to be dedicated to your dream. You have to be dedicated to your vision. You have to work very, very hard. At least, if if you won't work at all, make sure that eight hours of every day is committed to what God showed you. Okay? Eight hours of every day, you are doing something. You are pushing for something. You are working out for something. If you are a student, learn. Be focused. At some age, at some age, it's your books, your Bible, your books and your Bible. Your books and your Bible at some age. Your books, your Bible, your books, your Bible, and service to God. The rest, God will take care of it. Be faithful to Him and steady hard. Your books, your Bible, your books, your Bible, your books, your Bible, your books, your Bible. When I was in secondary school, if you see my books, you are seeing my Bible. If you see my Bible, you are seeing my books. I used to have a friend, it's called Gold. Oh, what's his name called? Gold. It's not, it's not Goliath. It's Goliathly. Some, 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 some. It's Goliathly. Is, is that the right one? Goliathly. Do you know that name? Goliathly. I had a friend who's called Goliathly. I was trying to win him to the Lord. I was in secondary school form three. I was witnesses to Goliathly. Goliathly, give your life to Jesus. I invited Goliathly to church. When Golightly came to church, Golightly came with the lady. So Golightly, is that your sister? Oh, no. <laughs> Golightly, Golightly, is that your sister? Oh, no, no, no. He's my girlfriend. Golightly at secondary school form four, form three, was living with a girl. Golightly had a kiosk. This kiosk estate is not today. We, we, no, no, no. Golightly had a kiosk and was living with a girl. So when we leave school, Golightly has to go and work. And make money to take care of the girl. And the girl was trying to leave him. So Golightly came to church. Because the girl was trying to leave him. And Golightly wanted me to talk to the girl. Oh, he chose the wrong person. I said, I said, Golightly, are you living together? I said, yes. I said, the two of you are going to hell. Let's start from there. So the two of you are going to hell. Now I want to show you how not to go to hell. And I want to show you how to continue to go to hell. Then one of my old pastor's sermon titled, How to Go to Hell with Style. I brought the sermon out and I preached to them how to go to hell with style. I said, so right now the two of you, you are going to hell with style. By the time I finished talking, the lady didn't even want me to, didn't wait for me to show them how to go to heaven. She said she knew that she was going to hell. She turned around and started going. Golightly said, why are you going? He said, Golightly, I've told you, I've stopped with you. I'm going to church. I want to give my life to Jesus. God look at me and say, you see, you see, you see what you have done. Goliath didn't care. He was good. And there's some of you here like that. You, you haven't found anything in life. You are in this thing, time relationship. All your mind is relationship, relationship. I, I have a boyfriend. We are going to get married. And we are going to do this. And we are going to do that. By the time you meet the right person who is in love with you, your history is so bad, you are not proud of yourself. Okay? 
So drop all these things. This year, this year, if you have not found your rhythm, you don't know what God is asking you to do. Focus on God and your books, if you're a student. Or focus on God and your work. If you are married, focus on God and your spouse. And your, if you are raising children, focus on God, your spouse, and raise your children. Leave all these gossip groups and all these friendships that are not contributing to your purpose in life. Leave them out. Be dedicated to your purpose. Be dedicated to your purpose. Me, I sleep my purpose. I wake up into my purpose. I sleep my purpose. I wake up into my purpose. There's a group of people they call the 5 a.m. club. It is believed that most successful people by 5 a.m. Mommy used to quarrel with me why I drink coffee or tea around 5 a.m. Honey, it is done. We just finished praying. Let's go back to bed and rest more. I said, give me coffee. And I drop down. We go to this thing. We begin to study. And she will come. Hey, why? Hey. Then one day, one of mommy's sisters, who used to live with white people, as, as hands, um, helping hand for white people, one day came to visit us and saw that after prayer around 5 a.m., I was studying and reading and taking my coffee. He went to mommy and said, I don't know why your husband is successful. Because you know, all the white people I work for were millionaires. And they drink coffee at 5 a.m. <laughs> so she thought that it is the coffee we drink that makes it. They drink coffee at 5 a.m. And it's true, when you drive past poor communities, eh? When you travel outside this country and you drive past poor communities at dawn, all the poor communities, every house is dark. Everybody is sleeping, the whole community. Everybody is sleeping, even the beds are sleeping. <laughs> and then you drive past rich communities and around 5 a.m., lights are on in homes. Lights are on. They've started work ahead of work. They started work ahead of work. They started work ahead of work. Because they are dedicated to what they do. Seriously dedicated to what they do. Success is driven by dedication. If there's nothing driving your attention this year, if your purpose, a dream, an aspiration is not driving you this year, then you are in trouble. All the 14 day fast, please, if you don't have a dream, don't start the 14 day fast with us. Yeah, yeah. Or come in and say, Lord, show me great and mighty things. Don't ask God for anything. Don't ask God for husband. Don't ask God for wife. Lord, show me great and mighty things. I'm telling you. Are you here with me? Are you following what I'm teaching you today? Good. Now, from dedication is dependability. Now, can your dream depend on you? Can you give yourself a promise and fulfill it? Can you say, this year, this is what I want to do, and you fulfill it, and you, you make sure you, you have promised yourself. You have promised yourself that I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and you, you have to be dependable to yourself before you can become successful. You have to be faithful to yourself. You have to keep the promises you are making to yourself. I will get up every dawn to pray. But you do it two, three times, you stop. I will, I will now learn every dawn. You do it one, two, three, you stop. I will now do this. You do this. I won't, I won't cheat on my wife again. You do it after three uh, weeks. I won't insult my husband again. Oh, after three weeks, you increase the insult. Uh, are you here? I won't, I won't, I won't absent myself from church again, especially on Sundays. Every Sunday I'll be in church after four or five weeks. Oh, you have just found a reason. Oh, I won't go to church late again. Why is it that every time, you see, but this little, 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 little promise that you can't fulfill to yourself, this little pledges that you made that you can't fulfill to yourself shows that you are not a dependable person. You are not a dependable person. And you don't, if you cannot be faithful to yourself, if you cannot promise yourself and keep the promise you are giving to yourself, you, you are not faithful to yourself. You cannot be faithful to God. You cannot be faithful to your spouse. You cannot be faithful to your children. You cannot be faithful to your, your, your boss. This year, about twice, 
This year you bath twice. Oh. But yesterday you bath once. <laughs> and say, Lord, okay, okay, okay. Tomorrow I'll do, I'll do two. Today you haven't even done one. But I say, oh, I'll do it before I sleep. Can you imagine? Huh? So you have to look at all these things. And then finally, have deadlines. Have deadlines. Today is fourth. Four days already is gone. Four days is gone. Do you know that within these four days, somebody has made one million dollars. Somebody has made, gotten a new job. Somebody has graduated. Somebody has gotten a less Harvard. Somebody has just gotten a degree from the most um, practical, the most prestigious business school in Ghana, Accra Business School. Do, do you know that? Do you know within these four days, people have done a lot of things. And you, you are now, you are, you are not even trotting. You are not even starting. You are not even jogging. You just, you just, you are not done anything. Four days is gone. That's how one week will pass. You have done nothing. And then one month will pass. Then nothing is done. And then two months will pass. Nothing is done. And as if God has failed you. God has failed the principles I'm teaching you. They are all in the Bible. And you have to obey these principles. Now when you do all these things, you can make things happen. Amen. You can make things happen. Success is not a rocket science. You don't have to go to NASA. You don't have to go and learn how to start a rocket science before you can become successful. Some people came to ask me some questions in my office. It was a TV interview, but it was pre-recorded. They asked me. I was doing very well, answering the questions very eloquently. I was enjoying myself. I was answering the questions. And then they asked me one question. Can you tell us the secret of your success? They was looking for something something out of this world to tell them how I did this and how I did that. And then and then suddenly, the Lord said to me, see, you can't find anything. I told them, cut, 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 let me think. Whilst I'm thinking, the Lord said, do you know why you can't find anything? Because success is a combination of my grace and common sense principles. You see, the grace of God and the everyday choices you make, where to spend your time, who you spend your time with, what you read, who you listen to, and all those things are the things that contribute to your success. So you have to be very careful. So that is for kickstart. Now the next one, can we go to the next one? The next one is restart, to start again. Now this year for some people, you are not kickstarting something new. You are going back to something you abandoned. You are tried. It's just like, like a man leaving a girl. Like a man leaving a girl, thinking that you will get a good girl somewhere. Then you go round, 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 realize that all the girls are the same. And then you come back to look. Hey, in most cases, that's how it is. Then you come back. There used to be a very popular singer in Ghana. Had a very popular song. We became very popular. Mirida day sabe warami, fufra warami, fufra mi warai de. Who knows how to sing that song? Uh, singers, you know, you know. Uh, Basses, you know how to play the 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 bass for that one. Or oh, you were not born at the time. Mirida day sabe warai. So 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 listen. Sometimes uh, you get to that point. Let me look. look. Genesis 37 verse 9. Then he said he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. It was Joseph. Joseph had a dream. And then, even before the dream was to materialize, he had had another dream. That was an improved version of the old dream. An improved version of the old dream. Do you know what I've been doing today? And what I've been doing there? I have gone back this year. I want to restart something I left. About three, four years ago, I started something called Right to Lead. And the whole idea was inspired by, by a conversation my two last children, uh, Nana and Tetevia, had. Years ago, mommy had gone out. They were quite young. And I was working. And whilst I was working in the hall, I was supposed to be supervising them. So I would work in there and look at them. Don't do that. Don't go there. Sit down. Read your book. Don't go there. Watch this one here. And I was typing. Then I got very engaged in what I was doing. 
So I took my eyes off them. But subconsciously, I was listening. When Nana realized that I was no longer watching them, Nana now assumed leadership over Titibia. And now Titibia would go there and say, No, Titibia, Daddy says you shouldn't go there. No, Titibia, don't do that. Don't go there. Daddy says you shouldn't go. I would tell Daddy, whilst they were doing that, the Lord said to me, Do you see that your son has stepped into leadership because you have left leadership? Well, then the Lord said to me, Every human being has a certain amount of leadership capabilities. We may not have all have the same opportunities or lead at the same level, but we all can lead at different levels. So I created a new organization called Right to Lead. Right to lead. Everybody has a right to become a leader. Everybody has a right to lead. And the whole idea was to establish all these things in secondary schools and then to the universities and have right to lead clubs and have it in communities and make sure that young people are introduced very early to leadership ideas so that they don't wait and go to the universities before they are taught leadership. Some of you, the first time you heard leadership was when you were in the university. A proper, proper leadership. So the Lord gave that to me. I started. It went very well. I brought together key SRC leaders from various universities. They came to camp with me. I taught them and all those things. Along the line, I had too many things on my desk. So I forgot it and shelved it. This year, whilst I was praying, the Lord said, go back to, for right to lead. I want you to go to secondary schools and to universities and bring young people for me. Sharpen their leadership skills for me. Bring them to leadership. If they get born again there and their leadership skills are sharpened, when they become leaders of organizations and nations, they will make the kingdoms of this world the kingdom of their God. So go back there and teach them. So the whole of today, I've been working on right to lead, bringing them back and, and other things. So I am restarting something. I'm restarting something. It's not, it is not a failure to suddenly realize that something you left was viable, but you didn't have the time or the ability, or the opportunity, or the capacity to make it happen. So this year, some of you, God will not show you anything new. God will say, what I showed you three years ago, four years ago, some even ten years ago, God will say, go back for that thing, and let it happen. And, you know, I started um, training, before I started affiliate, we became a craft business school. I had what we called the Institute of Church Administration. I always believe that God has called me to help pastors manage their churches well. So I had the Institute of Church Administration. And I left it. Eventually, I've come back training people, building people, supporting people, and all those things. Okay, one time, when we married, the very early, when we were even courting, I told mommy that my calling is the classroom. So I don't intend to pastor for long. And I think I've pastored for even too long. I don't intend to pastor for long. I want to be in the classroom and talk to young pastors and build young pastors. I believe that in recent times, I've gone back for it. I've taken it. You have seen the time I'm spending with young pastors and building young pastors and developing young pastors, etc., etc. So this year, prophetically, some of you will go back and you will dream again. But let me show you how to dream again, how to restart, how to restart. Okay, so reevaluate. Now, you go back and take that old thing, that thing you wrote on a piece of paper. Some of you will be looking for it. Where is it? I wrote something from two years ago, three years ago. Where is it? You see, there is nothing that occurs to you that is useless. Maybe the time was not ripe. Maybe the opportunity was not there. Maybe the skill was not there. Maybe the capacity was not there. But this year, God will give you that wisdom, that capacity to go back for that thing again. Clean it. Make it nice. And restart it. Restart it again. It's just like, you know sometimes, you can go and find some old clothes that you have left for five years. And then, ah, this clothes, why did I leave it? And then you go and do some attach adjustment and other things. And then you wear it again. And you feel, wow. 
I am here. I have some old OCs. Sometimes I go for them. Some of them are over 10 years. Some are 12 years. Some are older than my little children. When I wear them, they come around and say, this suit is older than you. Or far, far, far older than you. If you have a suit that is older than Mami Sewa, they're all there. So you go for those things and you wear them again. And you see that, hey, so during the time I was wearing it, how was I? That is not fitting me. Pepe, pepe. Recently, mommy, mommy showed me a clothes. That was about 20. It's older than Mami Sewa, isn't it? Or it's around Mami Sewa. Mami Sewa was three years when he had that clothes. She brought it back. Say, honey, look at this clothes. And then she wore it. And I was imagining. So how was it on you? Well, it fits you all right right now. So how was it on you? That's the same thing with some dream that God gives us. Sometimes we just have to go back, reevaluate it, take it to our seamstress, adjust it here, increase here, reduce here, modernize it, put it together, and bring. There's nothing new under the sun. What I've been occurring to you years ago are the very things that you will do again. It may happen in a different way, but the very thing you will do again. Are you here with me? So don't throw that dream away. This year, resuscitate some dreams. Put life back inside them and do it. So reevaluate. Look at why it didn't happen. And then revise your strategy. Okay? Revise the strategy. Now I'm going back for um, uh, right to lead again. But I'm going to revise my strategy. How is it going to happen? How can I make it work? Now my network of friends is huge and big. So I can now have about 20 mentors globally across the whole world from Australia to where? To Bugo. Hmm? From, Gen- from Geneva to Bugo. From Adelaide to Montpellier. Okay? I can, I can have, have now global network of people that I can bring together for us to do this thing. Um, right to lead. Okay? I have more brilliant ideas. You see? Growth, eh? growth, within 12 months you can really grow. If you are somebody who reads, somebody who learns, somebody who observes, within 12 months you can really grow and realize that I can even do this better. You will just grow and change from a vulture into an eagle. So, I'm telling you, and you can make it. So, don't throw that dream away. Go back to it. But don't forget, remember that it begins with prayer. And then reevaluate, revise, and restructure. So now, how do I do it? How do I want to do it? So now you see, I'm going to send a, a, a concept paper to some of my friends. And I'm going to ask them, can you guys make this better for me? I want to make it better. Can you guys make this better for me? And they are going to get back to me and say, oh, yes, we can. Put this one here, do this one. And by the time I collect all those things, they have become better. And then now I can implement it. You see, during the COVID, I started something called Lead Scenary. Where I was supposed to engage and interview 50 top leaders. And later I convert it into book. So Lead Scenary ran for the book. I stopped. Because I didn't have a research team that can help me develop what I wanted to. So I stopped. And guess what I did? After reevaluating everything, me, myself, I said, okay, a lot of people follow me on social media. So let me develop, let me help, let them help me, let me get them to help me develop their, what their questions were. So I said, if, if you were to interview a great leader, why would you ask him? People said, oh, I got, I got thousands of questions. Then I gave it to a consultant. Go to it. Select 50 top questions and Categorize them, categorize them into 10 areas. Pam, it was done. And I have it. Today, I'm sending mails across the world to my friends all over the world, inviting them to be part of missionary this year. And starting in February, every Thursday evening, I will be, have gone. I'm restarting it. I'll re-evaluate, uh, I'll revise, I'll restructured it. And now, from February, I will revive it. Okay? 
from February, I will revive it. These are, these are timeless principles I'm teaching you. And if you apply them, it will work for you. Some of you have been praying and fasting. That God show me great and mighty things. God is just showing it to you right now. He's not going to send an angel to come and say, My daughter, my daughter, I am showing you great and mighty things. So that you want God to behave like Omo. See the way Omo, Omo does. God, God will just come and say, My daughter, I want to show you. So that I feel Omar, Omar was a back, this is a back, if it's back dancer, you, no, no, like, he used to dance for Michael Jackson at the back. What? No, 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 back stage dancer. Or backstage. So when Michael Jackson is there, I want the people dancing at the back. But I feel Omar, Omar was part of them. One of is leading praise and he starts his dance. You can see that this one has a relationship with Michael Jackson. So he's a, he's a pleasant place, Michael Jackson. You see here? Oh, sorry, I didn't know you were in this house. I didn't know you were in the house. I'm talking politically, eh? Hey, the guy. Okay, okay. So finally, this year, some people will jumpstart to impart fresh or renew energy to something. But you see, to jumpstart, when the candle is an expert in jumpstarting, he doesn't buy new cars. He will buy old rickety cars. And all the time, his battery has run down. So he always has these wires in his car. Wires in his car. <laughs> when his car will not start, you will look for somebody's car, connect his battery, connect wire from the person's car to his car, boom, then his car will start. So that he um, jump start. And then he feels like he's an engineer. So one day, mommy's car battery had run down, he'd been on it for so many years. The years the cannot come with wires. Mommy said, Where are you going? He said, Oh, mommy, don't worry, I'll start it right now. And then I think he was going to bring a taxi driver to the house. Mommy said, hey, Stop, oh, stop, stop, stop. Well, I don't like this wires to come. But the candle is a good jump starter. So that's how jump starter is. You take um, power from one battery and then it runs through a certain and then it enters into your dead batteries and then it starts. You see, sometimes eh, somebody, somebody's idea jump starts your idea. Okay? So Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. So sometimes, they're, they're, you see, it amazes me eh, when two, three, or four sisters are in church and they are all, say, dressmakers. And all of them are doing their dressmaking some way, somehow, under, one is under some tree, another is under some, okay, one is under a fig tree, Another is under a coconut tree. Another is under which tree? Eh? Mango tree. No, pepper is not a tree. Who said pepper tree? <laughs> One is under some tree somewhere. And then, and then these sisters are struggling to get clients. And they are dead. They want to have their own businesses. Me, I can't join. Hey, 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 you will fight. Hey, me, I don't want trouble. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And you are dying. There were some smart sisters in Anabraka. One used to do kinky. And we used to buy the kinky. But anytime you buy the kinky, you have to go and look for fish somewhere. So the other sister started frying fish. So you see, so the kinky business was dying. People say, we like your kinky. But we can't come and buy kinky here and go and look for fish somewhere. The woman also said that the time it takes her to bake, to do the kinky, she can't add frying fish to it. So one day, the, the sister said, well, why don't I fry the fish? The sister started frying the fish. The sister's frying the fish, jump-started the kinky business again. The other sister who came from Abidjan had nothing to do. Created a shed. The people should not eat outside. They should eat from here. Because she created the shed, started selling water, um, coke, Fanta, other things. And then within a short time, three sisters 
have created a big business. And if we see, they used to cook the kinky in the barrel, that's what we call it. Kinky, three, three barrels. And people are killed from 11 people in ties. They have killed. The kinky will come hot. And then, and then from there, you go to the other sister. They will give you fish. And then you go to the other sister. You stand there. You eat there. And then you buy things. Three sisters. You, you understand? So there's a lady selling oppositors, selling provisions. Came, started fighting the church. We shouldn't park in front of the building. We shouldn't park here. I'm just asking myself, we are going to jumpstart it. Your first, your first customers are going to be the people who come from church so that if your wife is busy on weekends and is unable to go and do shopping, she knows that after church on Sunday, I just go across there and buy my provision. So why are you fighting us who can jumpstart your business? Do you understand? So, you see, there are people in church who can help your business grow. There are some partnerships you can build that can help you grow and expand. There, there are some... The fact that you have a car doesn't mean that the car will stop. Until you put petrol inside, it will not stop. So, this year, some of you have to look for partners. Have to look for people you can partner with, who can help your business to grow. Because I know some aspects of the business that you don't know. During Pastor Kevin's wedding preparation, a group of women, eh? they were partners in crime. Mommy, did you know? Oh yeah, partners in crime. One will come and say, "Oh, I do this, I do this, I do this." Do you want a caterer? Because I have some caterer who is very, very good. Then you connect the caterer. Then the caterer will come. And then the caterer will come and say, I have this person. And then this one says, I have this person. A time mommy realized, mommy was in the middle of business partners. And they all said the same thing. So they can decide that the dollar has gone up. So the price I gave you has changed. Their mommy will say, okay, then you won't do it for me again. Then the other will call and say, well, if my friend is not doing it, me too, I'm not doing it. The other will call and say, oh, unfortunately, I can't come because this person. It was one week at the time. Network made them so powerful. Oh, it made them so powerful. Mommy will come with me. I'm sitting down and say, network is, <laughs> network is working you. There's nothing you can do. You have to pay them for they are powerful. They are powerful. You are a good singer. Another person is a good singer. There are drummers here. There are keyboardists here. They are, and you are, you are so arrogant. Me, I want to do solo. I want to do solo. And I want to go to a studio. A studio that can really come out with my voice and, and do things. And, and do, that studio is waiting for you. See how much you will pay. Instead of saying to the brothers, brother, I have some sister, can you build my back a singer for me? Can you people help me here? Can you do this? Can, you, can we talk to daddy so that we can start this thing in some corner and see whether we can come out with something? I think my first um, single shouldn't be anything, you know, and these brothers who are your brothers will help you do it. You are waiting me. The day I will come out, eh? the day I will come out, please do go and stand in front of the mirror. Gray hair started coming here. You are, your dream is going. It's finishing. Your dream is finishing. And you are, if you are too arrogant to ask for help, you will never get to anywhere. You will never go anywhere. So you need to start learning on how to identify identify people who can help your dream become a reality and get them. So let me show you quickly before I close you. So relationship, you need to build solid relationships. And please, please, watch this. Or do you wish I'm concluding? Can I come down? Or I have to remain here? This is what frustrating me. You see, you need to build very solid relationships this year. 
Two are better than one. If that relationship will not make you better, but bitter, it's better to remain alone. So identify people that can help you. Talk to people. Are you here with me? Identify people that can really, really, really help you. Build solid friendship. In a church like this, when you come to church like this, you find spouses, you find husbands, you find wives, you find business partners, you find your destiny helpers, and all those things. So try and be in a department. Make yourself visible. Let us feel you. Let us know. One of the brothers who is very, very visible. So I just went to check him on LinkedIn. And I realized that the brother is very quiet, unassuming. But the brother is, has a lot of skills. So I'm going to meet with him. I'm going to invite him very soon. To find out if he's not working. So I can push him. Or if I can pay him better. So I can push him. But why, why did I go to check on him? He's a very active member of the church. Very, very distant. So I went to check on him. On LinkedIn. And here was the brother. Doing some of the things I do. Hey, this brother is a big boy, oh. Some of you are here, you are even professional, but you are not on LinkedIn. You are not there. You, you, you haven't put yourself there. But here I am. I am a rewarder of them who diligently seek me. I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. Yeah. You, you are not seeking. You are, you are sufficient unto yourself. Even God needed partnership. Jesus needed, needed 12 men to partner with him to become successful. Jesus needed them. When Jesus was living, he had, he had only 120 people. After three years of ministry, he had only 120 people. He used to do crusade, and 5,000 people would come. But when he was living, only 120 people were there. But today, Duncan Williams had thousands of people. Greater where shall you do? He built relationships. After he left, people are doing greater things. So you need to build friendship. For instance, you are in a a university. There are a number of university students here. You should be able to put yourself together. You should put yourself together into a very decent club. Not a club where you go to club. You go go to clubs. I mean, how do we promote ourselves as Christian, as um, university students in the same place? There are professionals here who are working in corporate distance. And when I say professionals, I mean those who are working in corporate environment. Don't go and say, oh, we are a church. You might be inclusive. No. People who don't work within the corporate environment, they don't understand some of the things that you will discuss. They will come and create problems for you. If they will come and create problems for you, I'm telling you, if you go and sit down and say, we are doing this, they don't understand it. They just get up and disagree and fight. They haven't been to boardroom before. They don't understand how the boardroom operates and works. So create your own group, network, professional network and see how you can exchange ideas like today, there were a number of ideas I was sharing with my vice president immediately I took my phone, started calling some people and this person I called is my son, but I said I want to come to your office he said, that really? I said, hey, I want to come to your office, I want to come and see you because there's something I need to go and discuss with him because I believe that he can help me jumpstart a very serious idea that came to my mind this morning. So I called the person. So you need to build relationship. But build relationship with godly people. Not bad people. Godly people. Like young women who are married here. Put yourself together into some, uh, some married young women. Mm, I don't know how you call yourself. Or yeah, you need club. You got it? And pray together, discuss together, find ideas together, and build from there. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. That's why you see opportunities. Somebody will tell you, oh, there is a, a job in my office. They are looking for this. And you have that qualification. You will get it. Today I saw on our UK church platform, somebody has put there an opportunity for young people to be trained. And during the training, you get 500 pounds. The person put a great opportunity. They're not even on the church platform. 
When you put something there, you don't comment on church platform. Even your own bishop will put something there. You won't let anybody know that you are there. You won't comment. You won't say amen. You won't say hallelujah. You won't say anything. You are just on the platform and you are looking at us. And you are angry that we are putting too many things. And you are just there. What kind of person are you? We have to know that you are around. We have to know that you are around. Me, I don't like talking. You know. Me, I'm a quiet person. So when I go to a place, I hide myself. Please, you can't hide yourself. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are a city on the hill. You are the light of the world. People must see you. I'm not saying that be noisy. I'm not saying that come hey, hey, hey. You are doing noise in the air, in the church. No, no, that's what I'm talking about. Let people know what, who you are. Are you here with me? You understand? So this year, I want you to take bold steps. Take bold initiatives. Build your network. Get to know people. So the things I do, I deliberately went to give back for my masters. I just said I want to, I want to enlarge my network. I want to get to know more people. I just moved to give back, make friends. Today I can by phone call call somebody and somebody gets a job. Yeah. And my brother's daughter finished school. I just called. Within one month, an MD of a bank, I just offered a job. Network. We just signed an MOU with, with a university in Malta to do a DBA and a PhD. I met that person in France. I met that person in France. I was deliberate about choosing to do some courses in France. I met that person there. And then saw him on LinkedIn. That he has started a university with DBA and PhDs. I just linked up with him. So, wow, Gideon got back to me. We had a meeting within a short time. We have signed something, network. I deliberately went to London School of Economics just to meet people, just to meet people, just to meet people. Now, I have friends scattered all over the world. There is no city I will go in that I won't have somebody to meet me at the airport to pick me up for us to, all over the world. And you are here, church. You don't even ask of anybody's name. We just close church. You go and stand somewhere. Even this thing I'm teaching is so boring to you. Well, yeah, well, let's go. Because for you, the only thing that excites you is to be on your phone and be on your phone and just watch a jackal say something. Then you laugh, quack, 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 and then you somebody says something. Everything you are pursuing is something that will make your life useless. 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 You, you know, it's nice to be nice. Ah, and to stop being petty. This one has done this to me. And this one has done this to me. And this one has done this to me. And then this one has done this to me. Two days, and, this one, and then we went to jail. And then when we got in the jail, then we got there. They greeted somebody. They did not greet us. Is it by fault that when they greet you, they should greet you? Well, what? Do you understand? And so you are always quarreling. You always have issues against somebody. You have issues against people in your church, people in your department, people in your house, people. Sometime ago, I told somebody, I told somebody, there was a lady who was causing trouble in church. And the person feels that the church is not loving. The church, I said, no, no, you know something? If you like follow this person to the house, the person fights in the south. The person fights in the office. The person, little one said, hey, daddy, what you said was true. The person fights everywhere. He said, the problem is not the church. The problem is the person. Stop being petty. Ignore a lot of things. Okay? Focus on people's strength, not on their weaknesses. Okay? Even if you marry, that's the same approach. Because every day you are angry small, then tomorrow you are happy. And then the next day you are angry. Then the next day you are happy. Do you know that when you, you are like that doing so, today you are angry, tomorrow you are happy. You can be tolerated, though. But one day, the person will show you that I'm not going to be at your beck and call. Today, today you are angry. Tomorrow you are happy. Today you are angry. Tomorrow you are... So I always have to, you know, move according to your space. Move according to your space. One day when you are angry, I will not ask you what is wrong. I will just walk away. Then you know that trouble is coming. Trouble is coming. Stop being petty and be serious. Grow up. Life is serious. Life is important and focus on the most important things in life. It's not somebody smiled and somebody was angry. Me, I have staff, my own staff that I pay. Not that you greet somebody who doesn't mind you. That is not my business. 
He said, my business, I used to smile somebody. Then they go. They are my congregation members. They are my workers. Sometimes some people have actually, they don't know what happened to them in the house. Their body actually, my focus is the person delivering. If you are delivering, I'm fine. I did not employ you to laugh with me. I did not employ you to greet me. As simple as that. I employ you to deliver a certain uh, result. If that result is being delivered, I will ignore you. Unless what you are doing is, is creating this affection in the office, then I may ask you to go. But if you are petty and you bring the petty to the office, you, you deliver results, I won't be looking at your faces. I will just go and get things done. Are you here with me? And then realign. Realign yourself to Sometimes, when you become a friend to someone, because the person has something you are looking for that can jump, jump start your destiny, you have to change a lot of things. You have to change a lot of things. Because you can benefit from the person. You have to, until a grain of seed falls down and die, so that you have to bury yourself. And then just focus on what the person can do at that moment for you. And realign yourself to the person. And then keep going. And then, Recharge. Once you realign, now use the person. Let the person be a motivating factor to you. Okay? And keep going. Some people can be a motivating factor to you. Some people can. Then, reorganize. So you have to, sometimes you have to reorganize. You have to, sometimes you have to shut down your shop and go and work with the person or other things. And start going home. I believe that at one point, at one point, I will sell part of Accra Business School on the on the Ghana Stock Exchange, raise a lot of money and do something else. You, you, you get it? So at that stage, I go now own part of a car business school and they will begin to take the pace and other things. But at some point, things are growing you. You bring people in. The cheapest way to raise money is to sell yourself. Raise the money, no interest, nothing, and use it for something else. It is better to be a 1% shareholder of a company making profit than a 100% shareholder of a company making losses and make money and be happy ever after. Thank you very much. I pray that the anointing to begin will fall upon you. I pray that you will receive a revelation that can help you move to your next level. This year, this year, may something start in your life. May something start in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you so much. Thank you for coming. Amen.